Welcome to another episode of This Is Getting Old. I'm your host, John, and with me, as always, I have my co-host... Clark. Clark, how are we doing tonight, sir? Doing okay, man. I've kind of kind of stopped up and super tired right now. What about you? I feel like death. Death? But that's a mixture of many different things all combined into one. Let me ask you real quick. Okay. This week, probably early in the week, was it Tuesday? I got a text from you saying you're in the hospital. God, was that Tuesday? Yeah, was it was Tuesday. Tu- That's it's been a long week. Okay. So what happened? What's going on? I saw a picture too, which looked like you were actually in a hospital bed at one point. So Tuesday, I uh, let's go with this. Uh, I got off a route Tuesday morning, and I went. You know, home, my stomach was kind of hurting. I just assumed it was like, oh, hunger pains. Like, I'm hungry. I haven't really eaten tonight. I need to go eat. So I went home. I ate. And then I proceeded to... I I went to bed, and uh, my stomach was really hurting the entire time. I I didn't know why. I woke up to go take Sam to her doctor's appointment today, or that day, and uh, just driving there was uncomfortable. And I guess it was just obvious of me sitting in pain during Sam's doctor's appointment that uh, something was up. So she's like, you know what, we, we need to get you checked out because you look miserable. So, you know, for the first time in many, many times of being in pain, I went to actually, I actually went to the doctor. And they sent me to the ER because they assumed my appendix was going to burst. <laughs> Oh my god, what would that feel like? Uh, it was very painful. Like, it wasn't, uh, like, just stinging pain. It was constant, like, my stomach was in pain. I was in agony. But, I, I don't know, it was weird. So... Well, on, on, my, um, yeah. on my first, like, kayaking trip, like, 10 miles, we went down to Okefenokee in, like, uh, southern Georgia, northern Florida. Mm-hmm. And, like, that water just is, like, it's, like, stagnant. So it's not like a current. It's not like going on a river. So there's no. I mean, so it's like you're 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 pulling. You're 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 doing you're doing you know all your weight plus all your gear. You know, we're paddling in. And at one point, I was like, man, I'm gonna die. This sucks. And so my friend told me something that all that I've always remembered about pain. And he said he's like, does it feel like a dull pain in the background or like a tight twisting pain in the foreground? And I was like, huh, it's in the background, so it must be muscles. Like so. So I'm imagining your pain wasn't like this dull pain in the background. No, it was definitely not. It was okay. consistently there in the foreground. Okay. Yeah, and that, the the biggest issue is it hasn't been that it's been I've been in pain. Like I've dealt with pain my whole life. If I if like I hurt something on my body, I just deal with it. I kept working. Yeah. This has been so bad that I haven't been able to sleep. Like I'll get about three hours here. Uh, maybe four hours there if I'm lucky. So it's been really rough. Like, I can't go into work because I can't get sleep. And so I've been trying to work from home because I can work from home technically, but it's been it's been hard staying awake to work from home. So I'll do what I need to, and then I'll just pass out, and then I'll wake up three hours later because I'm in pain. Okay, so you went to the hospital. So what? What? What's like? What are they doing for you now? Like, what is it? So they uh, right now, I currently what they found out from the CT scan, it's not my appendix, or at least that it's nothing apparent on my appendix. It's uh, a cyst on my pancreas. But wow. but they don't know if that's what's the cause of the pain or if there's like an actual blockage going on down there. We don't really know because I was going to the bathroom beforehand, no problem. But ever since then. Ever since the pain occurred that morning, I haven't been able to go. So they don't know if it's just a random blockage that now it's catching up to me as of like that morning, or it could be the cyst, it couldn't be the cyst. We don't we don't really know. So Wait, you haven't gone to the bathroom? No, not since that day. So what are you doing? I'm dying inside. You have like a catheter in or No, I'm just dying inside. Well, I mean I'm peeing, but just not nu- you, not numero uno or dose. You're not dropping the. You're not dumping out. No. Okay. So I I attempted some Burger King today. 
assuming that would help me go a little bit. <laughs> Taco Bell is what you should have done. Yeah, that's true. Or anything that's like fried like catfish or something like that. Some kind of seafood. Fast food seafood would do it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. That would be interesting. Okay, well, enough about your bowels. Yes. Uh, <laughs> let's, let's, let's talk about a different stinky situation. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> so, Clark, what are you drinking tonight, sir? Well, I bought for the last episode, I, I bought some red wine, some Merlot. Red, and that's not, red wine. Can we insert that? Yeah. I don't know. Absolutely. But so that's a, yeah, so that's, that's what I'm drinking again. I had to finish it off. I don't, we're at a point in our lives where, um, there was a point, but at one point where it wasn't a big deal what we bought. I mean, we didn't buy any, like crazy stuff, but we're at a point where we got to be a little thrifty these days. So. What I what I have to drink is what I have to drink, and so I didn't want to buy anything else. So I'm trying to finish off this red wine, this Merlot this week. What are you drinking? So I actually caved and I bought some drinks, or for myself, because um, my head's been killing me. I need something to relax my brain. Like my migraines have been bad recently, and I don't know if it's because I'm in other pain, so it's deflecting and my brain's hurting more. I I don't know, but huh. I went out and I bought myself. A Guinness Drought Stout. Oh my, that's what I should be drinking. Oh, got it in a can. Oh. Yeah, that's the good stuff. Oh. Typically, I like to pour this in a glass. It like it helps get all the, the thickness of the flavor and everything like that, but I don't want to get up. I'm in too much pain to get up, so I'm just going to sit here, relax, and have a podcast. Oh my gosh, it looks so good. Just the sound, man. I'm watching it hit your lips. It's like slow motion. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's good. It's good stuff. It looks sounds good. Sounds real good. Yep. So, Clark, today I was thinking or I was thinking to myself the other day, you know, we've been talking a lot about movies. Christmas movies, uh holiday movies in general. Uh Movies that we love the most, movies that we hate the mo- most, movies that we really want to talk about this year. We've been talking a lot about movies. And you can't blame me. I'm a movie guy. You are. that You are that. But what usually always led to the creation of movies was books, right? Someone had to write it down at some point first, right? Exactly. So I thought to myself, hey, let's do like a book club in some sort of a way where we read a book, we've read a book before, and we want to recommend it to you. And I don't want to be too obvious and be like, oh, so Harry Potter. You know, these are great books. Now, everyone's read Harry Potter. I get it. It's fine. I, yeah. I want to talk about something that maybe people haven't read before. And I've looked at our audience, and I've kind of chosen books that I don't think you've read before. Now, I want more graphic novel because that's the character who I am. And I'm sure Clark went into some way where you can kind of group a bunch of books together and make some sort of some sort of like a series of books or something like that. I don't. That's just, that's just the person that Clark seems to be, right? Like seriously considered. Like we talked about this barely a little bit, like what yesterday, day before. Mm-hmm. And um, I seriously considered going like heavy literature. <laughs> yeah, like this is a. I mean, this podcast, I guess. I like to be silly. I'm not, uh, you know, I like to be kind of stupid on it, but like I do like to read and you know, I've read masterpieces in my in my time, right? And so I really considered like Gulliver's Travels, like uh Gangs of New York's a good uh, a good book, The Martian Chronicles, uh Reluctant God. I mean, I considered some of those, but I, in the end you I think you hit the nail on the head, man. I'm going to do something that's not quite those. Yeah. Oh, well, I, I'm very curious to hear what you have to say. And I don't know if people want to hear what I have to say first, because, again, mine's graphic novels. If you don't like that sort of thing, then you're really going to be taken off by it. Or if they'd rather hear what you have to say. So what do you think? Well, who should go first today? Can I stop us real quick and say, i got to say one thing at the t- towards the top of the show that I need the listeners to hear. Okay, go ahead. So um, after our last podcast, the college football playoffs, the um, NCAA championship took place, um, Alabama versus Clemson, and Clemson ended up destroying Alabama. Yes, they did. Um, 
I don't care if they won by one point, lost by one, I mean, whatever, it doesn't matter. I just got to represent, if you've heard the infatuation ad, or if you've heard me talk, if you're, if you're constant listeners to the, to the program, you know that I'm from North, North Georgia, from Cartersville, and our, our, um, the quarterback for Clemson, who won, well, had, they didn't win it for him, but the winning quarterback, who was a true freshman, is from Cartersville High School. Trevor Lawrence from Cartersville High School um, showed great poise. He did a great job. Um, he's now, you know, a legend in college football lore. And I mean, it. What, what a great thing, Trevor Lawrence from Cartersville. I got a chance to meet you one time in the Chick Fil A in Cartersville. <laughs> dude is like, I'm not tall, but I'm like five nine ish. That dude was like. Look, I mean, you could stack myself on top of myself, and it probably wouldn't be as tall as that guy. That's how it seemed. Wow. But very nice, humble, humble guy. And, I mean, I don't know. With success, that may change. It does change people a lot. But um, Trevor Lawrence, good job, buddy. Um, you're killing it. Keep keep doing it. You're going to be rich one day because of the NFL. But um, awesome job, buddy. Oh, yeah. I, I just hope he stays in college for at least three years. I, I really prefer when guys stay in college and they just dominate. Rather than oh I I had really I had a good year let's uh, let's go to the NFL and then you don't learn from it you need to learn from your success you need to learn from your mistakes so I'm hoping he stays there for a little while. It's just funny watching on TV. I mean the kid is I think literally 19 years old dominate these these you know 22 21 year olds um, and I mean just just killing it man it's just he, he just he just seems older than he is and he's a teenager. Yeah. Um, it's just, and then, the, then my second thought is always like, man, where did I go wrong? Oh, trust me, I say that every time. Like <laughs> if I see someone like Bryce Harper or Mike Trout or Giancarlo right. Stanton, and they're like successful at like the age of twenty two, twenty three, and you're like, yeah. <sighs> you know, during my days. <laughs> yeah. So. Okay. Well, I digress. Um, we can get into the book conversation, but I thought I'd. I'd be remiss if I did not mention um, Trevor Lawrence from Cartersville, Georgia. Okay. At the top of this podcast. So today we just we chose three books, and I did choose my third one. I did. I remember what it was. So I chose three. We chose three books, and we're going to recommend them to our listeners. So, without further ado, Clark, would you like to start? Oh crap! Yeah. So I think it's gonna. Uh oh. My heater was turned on, so you're good. You can keep talking. Okay. So, my three books take place in a trilogy. See, we didn't have any necessarily, when we were talking about this originally, we didn't necessarily have any direction as in what three books can we choose? Can they be, should they be, like, comic? Should they be, you know, literature, like historical literature? Should they be fiction? Should they be nonfiction? Doesn't matter. But I chose maybe one of the greatest trilogies, probably the greatest trilogy I've, I've ever read. Um, and it's, it's kind of geared towards um, young adults and teens. But what if I told you that the trilogy I'm going to discuss tonight included elements such as a Texan with attitude, a very important knife, nice. traveling gypsies, witches, Evil Angels, A Trip of Rescue to the Afterlife, A Human Species No Taller Than the Span of a Man's Hand, A Miniature Elephant-Like Creature with Three Legs. You tell me, wait a minute, this sounds awesome. Where do I sign up? <laughs> right? Okay. Maybe, maybe, I hope. <laughs> um, I'm intrigued. Of course, I am talking about none other than British author Philip Pullman's His Dark Materials trilogy. Okay. Now, I've mentioned this trilogy before on this podcast. Really? And, Couldn't tell. Well, listen, they, they really messed it up coming over to the United States the way they did with this. Well, number one, they changed the name of the book to The Golden Compass. There's no compass in this book. There's an alethiometer that doesn't even function like a compass, but it's golden and it has, you know, 600 different directional pieces to it. Um, but 
So it's kind of like when I read the book To Kill a Mockingbird, and I got really mad because never once did they kill a mockingbird. Exactly. <laughs> it's the exact same thing. Um, but these books read so quickly. I mean, it's a, it's the, this is a trilogy, um, but the books go by so, so fast. Um, the Northern Lights, The Subtle Knife, The Amber Spyglass, you read them in concession, and um, it's, it's perfect. Uh, the character arcs are amazing. The protagonist, the main protagonist, um, uh, Lyra Bellacqua, is spelled B-E-L-A-C-Q-U-A. And if it hadn't been a movie, I wouldn't be able to pronounce it. So it's good they had a movie just for that. Mm-hmm. But um, her character arc is like no other man. Like she goes from this lying, bratty preteen girl in the first book to this loving, powerful, humble, even classy young adult. Um, the first book, Northern Lights, takes place in a like in a universe that's a lot like ours. I mean, it's way too similar to our universe. Um, there's an Oxford, England, and of course, Philip Pullman is a British author, so this is going to take place in England. Um, and there's a uh, there's a university there, and um, some of the streets and buildings look the same as in our world, and others are completely different though. Um, Technology is different. Uh, there are some elements that are more sophisticated than others, and some are more middle age like. And there are even elements of steampunk in, um, in, in in the book. Okay. And anyway, people people still speak English, but the exact language is like evolved into this. Um, like it's just subtly different. Like there's alternative names for countries and technology, but. Um, you know, it's not just like fantasy inventions. Instead, it's like plausible, uh, archaic alternatives. Um, like, if things had been just a little different, we may have ended up in this situation too. Like, it's just things are just a little different. Um, the living creatures are different, though. Here's where it starts getting different from our world. There are large polar bears. There are witches that fly around. Um, electricity hasn't been really invented, but they have a... Um, a system called it's like uh, uh, an anabaric anbaric anbaric electricity or okay. energy. So it's more like it's like captured static, right? Okay. Like you know, like if you walk across the room in the winter, like rub your legs and you touch touch somebody, like it's gonna shock. It's like that's captured kind of. So kind of um, like the uh, Tesla coils kind of thing, where they have like sure. the shocks coming off of it. Sure. I mean, it's not mentioned in that detail, but it's. Okay. I mean, it's just. It's just clear that it's not electricity. It's this other thing. Um, but the biggest difference in the books um, is that our our souls live outside of our bodies, and they're called demons. Um, and demons, I know we think like evil, but it's spe- it's it's spelled D A E M O N S. Demons. I think it's demons, but it's demons. Um, they can speak, and they are they're like our 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 best friend like they live they live around us they're like that voice in your head that you always hear but they're personified made into a creature so it's like your soul lives outside your body and when you're young your demon can change shapes um a bird one moment a wolf the next and on and on but when you get older it become and become an adult it it sort of settles and can't change again and um, later in the in the books they uh they kind of discuss this in more detail and it's kind of this this thing that you're you're just curious about, like, of course there's like this underlying there's like stories there's the like, there's a war going on at one point there's all these things happening, but in the background you're you're wondering or I was anyway, like what is Lyra's demon gonna settle on because there's so many different things throughout the throughout the throughout the book, and of course as she as she ages and becomes closer to an adult you wonder, like what is hers gonna settle on, um, all the adults have settled and and. The, the demons become kind of like like her her father's is I think God, I'm gonna, I hope I don't get this too wrong but it's like a tiger mm-hmm. um, and that's kind of like his personality I mean that's in the, in the movie that was um uh what was her dad's in the movie it was um I haven't seen the movie in years you do you know but you know when I say he's he's uh the latest um James Bond oh oh you mean the actor uh the actor yeah it was uh crap uh daniel craig daniel craig yeah oh sorry i keep saying um, dennis quaid in my head and I'm like, that's, not right. <laughs> that's not it that's not it um but bes- besides the story and the awesome like designs the mini universes there's this like underlying thing like how is like 
the whole time because the second book barely i mean it, it revolves around lyra and she's the main the main character but it, it's not really her story the second book second book is 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 a guy named will his story and not fox die will i know you're listening not you i know it's all about you but not you um so that's kind of like a quick synopsis of all i mean like a quick like uh-huh. here's what how the books are different if you don't mind, do you, do you want to do you want me to go ahead and do like a quick synopsis of all the books, uh, yeah, the three you books? Can shoot them up. I'm not gonna um, spoil anything, so that's that's what I, I want to make sure because what what I want to do is after this episode is I want to post on um, Facebook or the website. I'm gonna post a um, if you if you're interested and want to read the books, I'll post a link from Amazon that you can um, hopefully be like I'll get it I'll get a discounted rate and I'll, I'll post it so you can buy them through our, our link and help us not help to us mention that but uh, people also do a lot of audible stuff now too because people are always on the move they don't okay. have time for books so uh, do you happen to know like who reads them on audible like how people can get them and access it and everything like that I mean you can literally just type it in on audible and, okay. and download it you wouldn't I mean, happen it's... to know who narrates it would you I don't. I don't know. Okay. It'd be cool if it's someone really good, though. Yeah. Let me. I don't know. I'll look that up while you're doing your synopsis. Yeah, please do. Okay. So the first book, which when it came over to the United States, it was called the Golden Compass for some dumb reason. But the first book, really, the real name for the first book is the Northern Lights. So we meet twelve-year-old Lyra, who has spent like a large, largely her carefree life as a child growing up um, as like a kid in in in, in Jordan College in Oxford. Um, she believes her parents died at birth and um, that her only living relative is Lord Azrael, Daniel Craig's character. Um, he's super powerful. And he's um, All through her life, up to 12 years old, He think, she thinks he's her uncle. Um, her best friend Roger's kidnapped, and that kind of starts off the, the story. That's when, you know, Philip Pullman writes, like, he, he, he draws the universe, which is a lot like ours. He introduces the demons, and then, like, Okay, so what's the first action that's going to take place? Mm-hmm. Well, her best friend's kidnapped. Um, and then uh, other other ch- children start mysteriously disappearing, and they're b- basically been kidnapped by what they think is this, um, this church, uh, a board, like this group of people that are like a, a more um, extreme arm of the church called the uh, General Oblation Board. Um, so eventually, trying to find him, Lyra joins a group of boat-dwelling Egyptians. It's, I mean, they're not, they're, um, they're not, I mean, they're, they're, they're gypsy-like. They're gypsies, but the name of them in the book are Egyptians, like, almost like Egyptian with no E on it. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, they travel north, discover, um, they're, they're trying to find their own missing children, and they know that Lyra's trying to find her friend, um. So anyway, she also comes comes in contact with this mysterious object known as the alethiometer, which is it helps her basically tell if something is right or wrong. So she can look at that and tell, okay, this is the direction we should go. Not not everybody can read the alethiometer. It takes like years of study or someone that has the gift, and she has the gift. So anyway, She's in got that the power. It, power, yeah. So she meets she meets a Texan with an attitude on her way, who has, like, this floating hot air balloon steampunk-like ship. Um, and then and she also meets a war polar bear with armor, and she meets a witch. Um, I'm not going to tell you how it ends, so that's the first book. Not going to spoil it. That's the end of the first... That's, that's the first book. Read it, and you'll figure out what happens. Book number two, The Subtle Knife. So, Will... Oh, uh, okay. sorry, I forgot to interrupt you. Uh, Philip Pullman narrates all of them. He does it himself. Awesome. Yeah. Very cool. Um, see, I think if I wrote a, if I wrote some books, I wonder if because I mean you got to make a double payday, right? I mean, if you wrote like a trilogy and like you or even a book and you narrate it yourself, wouldn't you be making more money? I would assume so. I know that uh, J.K. Rowling doesn't read any of her stuff. Oh, she's she's a billionaire anyway. She doesn't she didn't need to. Yeah. <laughs> But I imagine like if, if like you're a struggling artist and your book sells and they're like, hey, you can narrate it and we'll give you another hundred thousand bucks. I'm like, all right, sign me up. Um, so anyway, so book number two is called The Subtle Knife. Um, it, it centers around a boy from our world now. So it's not necessarily Lyra's world is a lot like our world, but a little bit different. This book starts 
with Will from our world and our Oxford. So the same Oxford that Lyra's in, but in a different universe, right? His soul is inside of his body. Um, so anyway, he's grown up looking after his mentally ill mother who, who goes on a run after he accidentally kills a man and steps through this window to another universe and then eventually meets up with Lyra. So they basically run into each other and that's how the first book and the second book become married. Um, determined to find the truth about his long-lost father, who's an explorer, um, they go on this adventure, basically. I mean, his father vanished like uh, 12 years ago when he was a little... He, he's Lyra's age, too. And mm. um, they follow the guidance of the alethiometer, which, of course, he, when he runs into Lyra... Um, he realizes she has this instrument that's going to help him find his father. Therefore, they, they, they travel on. Um, he comes in contact with this knife that can literally cut the fabric of this universe. It opens like a window to go to another universe. Um, and you find out, like, basically the whole series of stories are about the multiverse. There are many, many, many universes. Um Okay. Will in the second book brings us to our, as the reader, our universe when we've been watching and reading about Lyra and getting invested into her universe in the first book. They do a really good job, um, moving on to the third book, of marrying all three together. So the third book is The Amber Spyglass, and um, Lord Asriel, Daniel Craig's character in the movie, is putting together this big army. Um, he's going to battle and bring down the kingdom of heaven. So he's got this army who's going to fight heaven. So it's it's gets this this gets really good, man. Um, I don't I don't want to go too much into it. Will Will basically meets some angels who tell him like he needs to go and meet with um, Lord Asriel. Lyra's kidnapped by her mother. She's put in like this sleep induced state where she can um, visit her friend Roger, who actually is dead now. Who you know if you remember me saying the first book. Um, he was the reason that the whole thing kicked off. She left Oxford to try to find her friend Roger, who had been killed, or who had been, at the time, kidnapped. Well, he's mm-hmm. dead. In the third book, you find out he's dead. She's in this dreamlike state, visits him in the land of the dead, and that's where they ultimately have to travel. And she finds out that everyone who's died in the history of time cannot pass over. They can't go beyond this one suffering state. It's not hell. It's more like purgatory. Um, and so her going to find Roger, bringing Will, who's the only one who can use this knife to cut open fa- the fabric of existence to, to move to another universe. Um, she basically, I'm not, I don't want to spoil too much, and this is a big spoiler, but this isn't like the main point of the stories. She helps free everyone's souls to be able to pass on. Um, but the ending of the whole series in the books, like it ties up everything with a bow, except the very end when you're realizing, okay, everyone, everything's perfect and everything's happy, everything's good. Make this make sure Lyra can be happy. <laughs> well, I'm not going to spoil it, but I got to be honest, I teared up at the end. I teared up as a grown man in my mid-30s, I can tell you. I, like just reading words on paper, like I teared up. And part of it is probably because I have a daughter. I don't know. But um, such a good book, such a good trilogy from beginning to end you guys must pick up all three all right i'm done that wasn't too that wasn't too bad was it i try to do that as quickly no, as not possible too bad. i only yawned it like once <laughs> also you guys didn't see but he walked away once like he was doing like he, he did some pilates i think at one point he was like stretching out i gotta stretch out my back is tight right now man um no so it's that's very interesting um and the stuff that I'm bringing to the plate, obviously they are, okay, so they're going to be more comics. There are graphic novels. Um, I went for a complete, like, series. Like, you could pick up the book, read this book, and that's the series. You don't have to read any more beyond that. They exist more after that, but I, I decided not to go any further than that. So I'm just going to start with something that you might find kind of interesting. It's a Superman book, and it's called Superman Red Sun. And it is written by Mark Miller, or Mark Millar. I don't really know how to pronounce his name. But I will say that it was written in 2003. It had about three issues that went all together. 
and it surrounds a story around Superman, has a little bit of Wonder Woman, Lex Luthor, and Batman. You know, those are pretty common names in the DC Universe. The only difference is, everyone knows that Superman crash-landed in Kansas, and he was raised to, to basically serve the truth, justice, and the American way. Well, instead, he landed in Ukraine, and he actually serves for the Soviet Union. <laughs> Oh, that sounds great. And it's it's pretty great. It's um you know, it follows him with Stalin and how they actually are like really good friends. Um you follow the socialism, the Warsaw Pact, uh you get to it's it's a crazy world where um you know, everyone sees Lex Luthor as a villain in all his stories because you know, Lex Luthor is the rich person who can't stand that Superman is the popular one, so he has to become the right. villain. And in this, he, like, literally becomes, like, the president of the United States. He's, you know, like, he has in other stories, but, like, he's the American. So you would think you're rooting for the Americans, but it's, you know, Lex Luthor. He's, like, this jealous person the entire time. He creates supervillains to fight against the Russians and Superman. It's a crazy world. I absolutely love the story. Wait a minute. Wasn't Lex Luthor, didn't he um, body slam Yokozuna? Uh, that's Lex Luger. Oh, okay. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, I gotta, come on. That's actually my WWE. I had to bring WWE in because we do every time. And then, um, and then also, you know, Batman is, you know, in a lot of the stories, his best friends with Superman. Well, in this one, he actually plays uh, uh, part of, like, uh, I'm trying to think exactly, like the KGB who's trying to stop Superman from reigning over. And he's his only part of one book, but it's really good. I really recommend it. It's a crazy story. It, you know, it came out a couple of years ago. Uh, I really recommend it. And they are doing a animated movie at some point in time in, within the next year or well, so. That's cool. So that's one of them. The other one I have. This is an oldie, but it's a goodie. This one's called The Dark Knight Returns. Frank Miller, uh, crazy Frank Miller. Yep. Uh, it's a limited series back in 1986, so it's it's an older one. And in this scenario, it's taking place, it's like a 55-year-old Batman. So, well older. Batman's typically, uh, we, we always call it his the Jesus years. Like, he's the Jesus age. So he's around th- 33, typically, in most of the stories. This one's 55. It's years after most of the actual superheroes have been retired. Uh, the government actually like put a shutdown on the Justice League, and you know everyone has basically retired except for Superman, who basically works for the government. And <clears throat> like this takes place during this weird time, a little bit of like the missile crisis idea. But Nixon is—I I believe it's Nixon. No, I'm sorry. It, was, it thinks Reagan. Reagan is the president, and uh, it's. Like, I think it's his, like, third term or something like that. I don't 100% remember that. It's been a while since I've read this book. But the idea is things start happening around Gotham, and it basically makes Batman come back into the fold and start, you know, being Batman again. And you kind of see a reemergence of, like, Two-Face, his back. And, you know, the, he he can't see that his face isn't, you know, fixed anymore. They actually gave him facial surgery and like made him perfectly fine again. But he can't see the dark. Uh, he can't not see the dark side anymore. And he so he becomes like this villain again. And then uh, they bring Joker back, and Joker literally is trying to push Batman to kill him as much as he possibly can. And then if you've seen the movie Batman vs Superman, first of all, I'm sorry, but <laughs> um, the idea is you you have the government controlling Superman and telling him, you need to shut down Batman, this needs to stop. And that's actually where you get the Batman vs. Superman fight. It's from this book. It's really good. There is an animated movie for this. It's, I think, two hours long. It's, But it's really good. And basically, it's they take every idea of someone's like, okay, Superman would win this scenario, and they try to make it work for Batman in every way. It does. Wow. It's pretty cool. So, so it, there already is an animated movie. Yes, and uh, Peter Welling, uh, the guy who played RoboCop, 
back in the 80s. He uh, voices <laughs> uh, the Dark Knight. Cool. So there you go. Um, there's been sequels of Dark Knight stuff. I think it's like Dark Knight Master Race, Dark Knight. Th- I don't like those. That's I don't like when you try and make a sequel off of something so successful. It's kind of hard to make up, you know, be you know, top. Right, right, right. So. And the last one I have, it's this is a personal favorite of mine. This one's called Old Man Logan. Ah. So, um, as you know, my uh, son coming out in uh, May, uh, his name is going to be Logan. So I did name him after Wolverine. And this is Old Man Logan. It's an old, withered, beaten-down Wolverine who is, like, refusing to kill anybody anymore. And, again, written by Mark Millar, the guy who wrote uh, Superman Red Sun. Mm-hmm. And, basically, a blind Hawkeye shows up at Wolverine's front door and says, Hey, I need help you know, traveling across the country to do this job. And it's an interesting world where villains have actually taken over the world. There is really no superheroes anymore. So when you go to like this part of the world, this is all Kingpin's world. When you go to this part of the world, it's all Red Skull's world. All of California is considered Hulkland. Like it's all Hulk runs it because no one's going to mess with Hulk. Hulk went crazy. It's really cool. Hmm. And uh, when you get to a certain point... And, you find out why Wolverine doesn't kill anymore, and it shows you the backstory of what happened that caused him to you know, refuse to fight or kill anymore. It's insane. Out of the three you've named so far, that one is the most intriguing to me, honestly. Yeah, I, I wouldn't doubt you. I mean, Mar- Marvel tends to have some crazy characters, and Wolverine is like that crazy character that everyone kind of has always been intrigued by. I mean, look at every movie. They're somehow centered around Wolverine in some way. That's true. So, um, that book came out in 2008, I believe. Okay. And so it's not too old. And then they brought the old man Logan character back in 2015. And he's kind of been consistent in this, I guess, in the stories since. I just, I haven't read enough comics during that time period to know what's going on. But... Uh, that's one book that I truly recommend. It's really good. So how old is Old Man Logan in this? Well, it's weird because uh, I've never really understood his age process, but he kind of looks like probably a 75 to 80-year-old man. It looks but he's like. Old, like older, older. Yeah, okay. he definitely looks older, older, like white hair, withered face. He kind of looks like like a withered-down Magneto or a Charles Xavier if he could stand. Like He looks that kind of old. Gotcha, okay. But he's always been a warrior, so it just it looks like he's got battle scars and everything like that. Okay. Um, yeah, so those are the three books that I recommend. I, I really enjoy those books. Um, one of them has more of a dystopian future. One of them has a, uh, you know, after-Earth kind of feel. The other one is obviously a different universe kind of feel of Superman landing in Russia. So, I, you know... I didn't want you to have to jump into one book that might have a sequel all the way down and might have existed for the last 300 issues. No, I'm just going to throw you into different, uh, three different universes and see if you enjoy those kind of style of books. It's very cool. And we were kind of talking earlier. You made a good. Oh, we didn't. We were talking. You made a good point that um, I think why you and I fit together is because we are so different. Like, you see, when you tell me like. You said, okay, let's talk about books. I'm starting to think about all the all the books that I've read. They're like more mm-hmm. literature based, like more um, classical liter- literature, like a, a novel, right? Mm-hmm. And your your instinct is to go to your your comics, your graphic comics. Yeah, I always feel like there's a connectivity between if you're a great artist and you can present an amazing story of the book through the pictures. I'd rather almost see the artist sometimes draw something and then the sto- the art the author look at it and go, all right, here's what I can do with this. And I know that's I've seen books written that way before, so I really enjoy when a story is just so good and the artwork is amazing. I just I, I have to follow it. And I think that's what draws me towards graphic novels. Very cool. So, I did get a couple good responses. Let me pull it up here, of people commenting what their books are. So, without further ado, 
I posted on the Facebook uh, fan page, if I can find it, of course, that we will be talking about some books recommendations going into 2019 for those that want to start the year off with a good read or listen. Um, please send us a message for a book that you really have enjoyed and would like to others to read as well. So I got three responses. The first one I got from Patricia Patagonia, uh, constant, constant messenger into our, oh, in yeah. our page. So I really appreciate that. Um, she posted that I have to say my favorite books are the Outlander series by Diana Gabaldon. These books are beautifully written, well-researched, historically factual backdrop, and she really has a way of making you feel or wish you were right there. I love rereading these. So, uh, no offense, but I really thought when she wrote it at first, I thought she read Highlander books, and I was like, oh, Highlander, I love that movie. But uh, Outlander I've never heard of before, so I'd have to look into that. I don't know if you're looking that up right now. Always a little bit. Nah. Is that okay? Yeah, it's a little bit. <laughs> Sorry. So, um, our second commenter, Mr. Tommy Baird, someone that might be related to Team Tibetanova. I wonder uh, if, she, if he would be like, use the same letter some way, I don't know. I don't know. But he posted that, uh, Maps of Meaning by Jordan Peterson or God, A Human History by Reza Asian. If you have interest in religious ideas or philosophies in general, these are my favorite most recent reads. Both were and are amazing. A little, tech, a little technical and hard to get through, especially the Jordan Peterson one, but worthwhile nonetheless. Okay. Very good. Nice. I appreciate that. And our favorite p- person of the podcast... Noob, um, former guest of the show, Noob posted, I really enjoyed the Circle series, which is four books, green, red, black, and white, formerly known as the Circle Trilogy until the novel Green was released in 2009. It is about a man named Thomas Hunter who, are, after a he- head injury, wakes up in an alternate reality every time he goes to sleep. Wow. That's kind of cool. That's that's a really interesting concept. That sounds like something I'd love to watch. Oh yeah, that's... Like 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 that's a, that if Netflix did that like the like a movie series, I would watch that for sure. Yeah, it kind of has like a I think it would have like a almost a uh butterfly effect kind of feel. Yeah. Yeah, that be That you know what you say you saying butterfly effect. I know we're trying to stay away from movies cuz we've talked about them a lot. That is secretly a, a movie that I really like. Yeah, then don't watch the sequel. I didn't know there was a sequel, so you just said it. Yeah, that's unfortunate. <laughs> Is it bad? It's really bad. That's like Donnie Darko, and they did this like S Darko, like Samantha Darko, Samantha. and that was so bad. Yeah. Oh, man. Anyway. Yeah. But there you go. So, not too bad. Um, not a bad, bad, not a bad day today. So, I guess uh, I can s- finish this off by saying, Clark, has there been anything grinding your gears? Well... So I work for a university in North Georgia, and students are away from the university for like two and a half, three weeks. As a staff member, I also get one week off, so it's really cool. Um, But the way it played out, because of the way New Year's hit, um, we were supposed to go back for one day. So we we have the the week of Christmas off, um, the weekend, and then it was like... They were supposed to go back for one day, and then there's New Year's, and we're off New Year's. So, mm. but I didn't, I didn't go back. So it ended up being like nine full days off, um, and so we just, we just went back this week. Monday was my first day back. So, the um, no, we went back last week, and it was like a, but it was like Thursday and Friday, just two days. But anyway, this is the first full week back, and it was my first, first week back for my kindergarten, my kindergartner Amelia, and we had been kind of getting healthy i know it sounds weird but being being at home not around people we've been getting kind of healthy and then this week us being like her being at kindergarten she also her dance classes started back up so her being around all snotty brat dancers we just like now everybody's got like the sniffles again i'm all stopped up right now it's like people are gross so that's that's really it just man we were getting healthy just being here by ourselves clean house clean air no problem being around family like when we had to be 
but all these other people, man. If it Ooh. wasn't for other people, man, I'd be super happy. <laughs> okay, so anyway, before I ask you what your grind gears moment is, I do need to ask you a question. Are you going to be extreme again? Yeah. Apparently, I was too much for the podcast <laughs> last week. So If you heard, our producer had to step in and cut it out. It was weird. Yeah. But. So I guess I, I, what I have to say isn't that bad. Uh, I know we don't want to get political and everything like that, so I won't talk about Mr. Trump and uh, certain, <laughs> uh, ba- uh, a certain barrier. Uh, you better say you better say President Trump because he's listening right now. Uh, hashtag. Stuff. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, oh my gosh. Uh, so I was thinking this the other day uh, about commitment. So with uh, the K. So. Uh, <laughs> um, so, like, like, let's start with this. Last year, uh, a certain coach interviewed for a job with the Indianapolis Colts, got the job, is about to be presented with the job, and then turns or got the job. It gets or, you know presents that he has the job, hires a coaching staff, and then goes you know what, this isn't what I want to do. I'm going to go back to my previous team. And it just blows off the team. But you know what, good for them. They made the playoffs this year. They've actually been great. You know, good for them. But stuff like that totally grinds my gears. Because, quite recently, the Texas Tech, or it was, I think it was Texas Tech or Texas A&M, fired their head coach. I thought it was Texas Tech. Texas, Texas A&M has Jimbo Fisher from Florida okay. State, so it's Texas Tech for so sure. So Texas Tech fired their head coach, who did not have a winning record, mind you. I think he was below 500. Uh, he was then hired as the offensive coordinator for the USC. Pretty high, prolific school. You know, I, yeah. that's pretty impressive. He got hired in December. One month later, the Arizona Cardinals hired him as their head coach first of all why are we hiring under 500 coaches to be in the pros i don't know i thought we were going for like oh he's got a winning personality he's got a winning team winning record that that's who we want on our team all right below 500 great but second of all they're just hiring young guys like uh the sean mcveigh era with the rams sean McVay, there it is it's just, yeah it's like let's look for the young offensive-minded coach that's who's gonna lead our way it that's that stuff just drives me nuts grinds my gears and not to mention he totally screwed over usc that sounds very similar to i don't mean to hijack your spot but it sounds very similar to what bobby petrino did to the atlanta falcons the only difference is he did it almost the entire year and then was like you know what i I don't want to finish this year vic left and then he's like you know what i'm out Oh anyway, God. then he then he's like caught riding a motorcycle with some underage chick at some. Never mind. We'll, we'll never. Yeah. Let's, I'll digress on that. Um, so anyway, that's a lot better than last week. See what the what the listeners don't know is I heard everything you said last week. Those extreme words, yeah. and man, I was like, wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, sometimes, uh, you just need to get your voice out there. It doesn't mean <laughs> it needs to be posted. It just needs to get out there. And if you join the Patreon, perhaps we'll post it for you. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, basically, that takes us to the point of the show where I say, if you would like to find any of our previous episodes, go to gettingoldpod.com. You can also find all our previous episodes at anchor.fm slash gettingold. Uh, you can help subscribe to the website. You can also help probably donate to us if you'd really like to feel generous. Chuck in a buck, help us out. We're trying to uh, build our build our environment a little bit so that we can stretch out and do more stuff. I want to be able to take some of these and make them into videos and post them on YouTube. And Right now I don't have a lot of time to do so, but once I start getting some free time to actually, you know, take a uh, an hour or two out of my day to do something like that i plan on doing that we also have two facebook pages one is a group and one is a page uh this is getting old on facebook is our group that is the little bit more tight-knit that's where people can post anything that they want have their opinion out there they give us suggestions for the shows we really appreciate it you also have 
This Is Getting Old podcast, which is our Facebook page where you can actually find all of our posts that we post on there. We try and post the artwork for the ideas that we want to post for the show, the ideas of what the color scheme we want the website to be, you know, stiff stuff, little simple stuff like that. We post all the episodes there as well. We also have a Discord page. Clark, would you like to talk about that real quick? The Discord page. So, actually, we haven't really discussed this part in detail, but anyone can join the Discord page. Mm-hmm. So, like right now, if you go to the Facebook and say, "Hey," or wherever, contact one of us. Say, "Hey, what's the Discord site? Like, what? Where's the link? We can send it to you. You can ju- definitely join, and we you can chat." In the general chat, mm-hmm. but if you want to get deep into like behind the scenes items such as pictures, videos, comments, literally we have one Patreon, one patron through Patreon right now, and she's literally we ask her questions like, "Hey, this is what we're thinking. What do you think?" Mm-hmm. Before we do an episode, and so she helps. She gets to help craft the podcast, and so if you are interested in that. Join our Patreon, and we can give you access to those channels in the Discord. Yep, yep. So you have access directly to us on a hour-by-hour daily basis. Yeah, especially when you're a Patreon, I consider you somewhat of like a producer for the show. Exactly. So, okay. Uh, the only other thing I have to say is we have, uh, I have an Instagram page going up right now. I believe it's just getting old pod. Uh, we also have the twitter page at pod underscore old so those are the two things we've been pushing uh, a little bit i'm trying to figure out how to do instagram and do everything like that and it's still new to me so we'll see uh clark do you have any final thoughts i do have one final thought i imagine sex at the age of 90 must be like trying to shoot pull with a rope no comment. Actually, that's not for me. That's from our good, good, good buddy George Burns. He said that, and I thought that was hilarious. So I had to say it today. Again, no comment. Um, I feel like those Florida communities—they uh, really get around and they know what they're doing. You mean the ones who wear jorts? I'm saying the ones who can't stop spreading STDs. Okay, the jorts. Okay, same thing. We're saying we're saying the same thing, just different ways. <laughs> All right. This has been Getting Old. Old. Cause I've heard the time of my life And this is getting old too